0: Rest in peace.
1: Hey, guess what? It's time for making kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and
0: Dylan. Hello and welcome to Making Kayfabe, the fantasy booking podcast where two writers rebook some of wrestling's biggest missed opportunities. And oh my God, it's a big one today. It really is a big one. It's it's a dream match. And when you think about your dream matches, wrestling fans often imagine matches that couldn't couldn't literally have happened, like your your Bret Hart versus your Kurt Angles or your CM Punk versus Stone Cold, Viscera versus Reno, etc. But There is one match that's often brought up which literally had every chance to happen, but the WWE decided not to do it, and I'm talking about the title of this very episode, Undertaker vs. Sting. Both men, part of the WWE roster in 2015, they were on the same fucking pay-per-view at one point, but we'll get to that in a bit. My name is Bryce, but more importantly, I'm joined by my co-host Dylan, and hey Dylan, how are you?
1: I'm very good, Bryce. Thank you for checking in on me.
0: i I could do this every week just to make sure you're all right
1: yeah so sometimes i'm dead but it's nice to to get the check in you know it's nice
0: exactly it's good good to have you here man good to have you
1: i want to ask you a question real quick about the the subject yeah a little pop quiz if you will pop quiz okay i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna throw out two matches for you and you tell me whether or not which one of these matches really happened okay (laughs) was it a undertaker versus sting or b stevie richards versus macho man randy savage (laughs) <laughs> which uh, so one, you're of one of these matches happens yes
0: try to guess so, which one now I, I think you'll I mean, be
1: surprised
0: well I mean because I have done my research and I know that Undertaker's thing have wrestled before in like the na- early 90s so oh. <laughs> so I don't think Steve Richards has wrestled the Macho Man right
1: I'm pretty sure he did on a random no episode way. of Nitro one time yeah I mean it's not like it wasn't like a big 60 minute video <laughs> <mean, yeah. laughs> I a it memorable, was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I remember Stevie Richards saying that Macho Man was a was really nice to him, even though he was Stevie Richards, you know, I'm like, well, how about that? So that's my dream match. Stevie Richards versus Macho Man Randy Savage. And
0: that's already he, happened. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I haven't seen it yet. So I had to unsubscribe from the WWE Network budget cuts, you know, the journal. Oh so, yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so in my have, mind it's your own personal budget cuts. man, um, yeah, but then, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean you know me. I have I, I need to save a lot of money. Mm, mm. I I need to save all my money so I can fly to Connecticut and kick Bruce Pritchard in the dick. You know, it's a big ongoing plan of mine. It's gonna be a YouTube series I'm making. It's called exactly. Kick Bruce Pritchard in the Dick. <laughs> it's good. It's very extensive. So I'm saving mm. my money for that, you know. And, and so Conrad, I yeah. Well, yeah. If he's there, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna search him out, you know. But you're not if gonna he, not
0: kick him in the dick if he's there.
1: Oh, if he's there, yeah, they're both getting a kick in the dick. But like, I don't, you know, I don't want to have to go two trips. Ah, oh, god, this, yeah, I don't, no.
0: is it worth it looking for
1: Conrad? I don't think
0: so. I don't know, man. If, if he's there, like you say, you can kick him in the dick. But anyway, like, yeah. what, what, what the fuck are we talking about? Like, why? why, <laughs> <laughs> why I want to
1: take played Stevie Richards. We haven't talked why, about him in a while.
0: Why didn't Undertaker's thing happen? I'm holding you personally responsible. Why didn't it happen?
1: Oh, it was my fault. I was the booker at the time, and I said the people don't want to see that. But they right. what they do want to see? Macho Man versus C. Richards. And then somebody was like, "I have some bad news." <laughs> 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 it was some really bad news. And I'm like, "I don't want to hear it." Book this for WrestleMania. And now I'm going on holiday. Nobody contact me. And then I came back, and everything was ruined
0: yeah everything was ruined and then got Undertaker versus Sting and then you know that that's um, sad times but I mean one one question one question that was brought up by the, the listeners actually a few times is a uh, quite an interesting one as well so in theory do you think Undertaker versus Sting could still be done in the modern day like if Sting was in WWE that's not what we're going to book today because we're going back to 2015 in this one but yeah Looking at Sting's performances in AEW right now, and Undertaker's Boneyard match a couple of years back, Like, do you think there could be an argument made for them still having a, a fairly good like, cinematic-style match these days? Or has that ship sailed?
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, are you are you thinking about a cinematic match? Because you're talking about the Undertaker's Boneyard match. Because mm. the last couple of the matches Undertaker had, not premium, not five-star... No. No, But no. that cinematic match with AJ Styles was fun, right? Lots of fun. Yeah. And I didn't see it, but you told me that the cinematic match that Sting was in with Darby Allen and stuff, that was a lot of fun too. And Sting has been actually wrestling and putting on decent matches on AEW yeah. as well. So the possibility of them getting together for a cinematic match, I think, I mean, have the, maybe that's why the WWE are firing everybody, to be able to afford Undertaker and Sting
0: maybe yeah. that's it maybe that's what they're kind of ramping up for but yeah it's, it's thing's killing it in AEW right now like, uh, he's in tag team matches obviously but I mean he's when he's in the ring he looks like he's never let, lost a step and Undertaker well, ships maybe sailed for him but he can still do a damn good cinematic match so I guess like, if it uh, it maybe still can happen um, you know if it were, if um, both guys were up for it but for all intents and purposes, for, for the purpose of this episode we're going to go back to 2015 2014 2015 and speak, speaking of our listeners anyway they've got a few wee comments about, about this match so should we go and see what listeners are saying to it let's do it Alright, uh, first off uh, congratulations to Gunnar Dave 83, David Gray, who guessed the right answer this week, and guessed uh, Undertaker vs Sting but let's see who we got comments from, we got one from Julao Ali saying, this is such a tough one, both iconic and legendary don't even know who I'd want winning, and like yeah, same myself actually. Like when I was writing this, I left the ending for the end. Believe it or not, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I couldn't. Um, I didn't know who to make, who to have win the match. To be honest, it was, it was a tough one, but not not an easy one. I mean, what do you reckon? Who who would you put over Undertaker versus Sting?
1: Well, I mean, logically, I think I would have put Undertaker, hmm. and mainly just because of the kind of the way both characters have been portrayed in wrestling. It makes more sense. I feel like The Undertaker is a much more, and not to take anything away from Sting, but Undertaker is much more of a aura and a mythos about him. And I assume that this match would be taking place at WrestleMania. And yeah. so you would, you would have to go for The Undertaker at that point, you know? I, I feel like, but, but then again, you know, people are going to be like, oh, that's typical WWE, not putting over Sting at WrestleMania. But I'm like, think about it logically. I feel like Undertaker is the safe choice there.
0: That's it. Uh, he's won 21 times at WrestleMania. More more than that, actually, probably. So, um, you know, I think I think that's a fair shout. I mean, Paul, um, at Lay in the SmackDown, or, or Lay in SmackDown, sorry, has an opinion on it. He says, unpopular opinion, but I think this match ends in a draw. That way, it keeps building up to a match at Mania 32. Paul, what the hell are you thinking, dude? Like, they'd, they'd be even older at WrestleMania 32, right? <laughs>
1: what if that match ends in a draw as well and they're like well we're just gonna have to do it again and That's then they it. just keep like having draws and they're like well <laughs> you know 15th time's the charm and they're like really old men by this point but they're like we still but gotta do it Undertaker
0: wins at Wrestlemania 47 yeah or something well, he's, yeah.
1: he's already dead so he's got the
0: advantage there well yeah he's a dead man but he's he's still alive
1: no what but he's he's uh, the Undertaker he died he's got the lightning
0: he well, died a few times, actually, right?
1: Yeah, I see.
0: But how can he die more than once? That's that's because he's already dead. But if you're already next comment uh, <laughs> is from <laughs> from Kevin Molnar, um, who says, "I hope it leads to a match none of us expects." Taker, Sting, WrestleMania, and a nightstick on a pole match.
1: I mean, that makes sense. Yeah,
0: cool. I mean, he's just predicted the booking, um. So yeah. I had to when I saw that comment, I had to rewrite everything, you know, just because it was leading up to that nice stick and a pole match. So um... and you were
1: so annoyed cause you're like, oh God, it, I made it make sense as well. Everything makes sense as to why they would have a nice stick and a pole match. Oh, I have to throw it all away now nice work buddy
0: you know. damn it Kevin exactly I mean it is the most obvious um, you know conclusion yeah. to, to, to the storyline but I mean we had to go with something else today over the nightstick and the pole match unfortunately but but yeah thank you also to the Scottish nerd Paul and Atletico for leaving comments we love you all dearly and hey now that we've heard from the fans let's do a little catch up on all things Sting Taker. what do you say let's do it So, uh, as it happens, so, I mean, we touched on this in the intro, but the very first thing I, re- I I uncovered in my research is that Sting and Undertaker did have a match, to which I asked, well, why the fuck am I doing this episode? But Yeah, yeah you already
1: did it. Done.
0: Move exactly. On. Done. Now, <laughs> now let's rebook Stevie
1: Richards versus Macho Man yeah. <laughs> Randy Savvy.
0: <laughs> the ultimate fucking swerve. Right? <laughs> <laughs> People tuned in for Sting and Undertaker. They're getting Stevie Richards. Yes. I mean that's better if anything. Uh,
1: ultimate plan is finally it's only taken five seasons, but finally.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean maybe Stephen Richards makes a big cameo in, in 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 the in the actual episode, so we'll see. But don't don't, um,
1: don't tease me about this. If he's not in it, I'm gonna oh I'm gonna riot.
0: You need to listen closely, but so Sting and Undertaker, they did go one on one, but it was the um the first of September nineteen ninety. And uh, technically it wasn't Sting versus Undertaker, it was Sting defending his NWA World Heavyweight title against Mean Mark Callis, uh, a full 25 years before wrestling fans would be calling for this match again. And of course, they were calling for this match in 2015 because, let's just boil it right down here, it's two absolute icons of professional wrestling. You know, Undertaker, completely loyal to WWE, had an absolute mega run since the very early 90s, Sting, completely loyal to WCW, had an absolute mega run in the late 80s and both men had similar vibes, charisma and wrestling styles. It was a natural dream match that everyone talked about during the Monday Night Wars. You know, people would talk about Austin Goldberg and they'd talk about Undertaker versus Sting. And as I mentioned earlier, in 2015, they were on the same roster together. They actually both had matches at WrestleMania 31. Sting wrestled Triple H in a match that was made so that WWE could basically suck itself off about defeating WCW once again. And Undertaker wrestled Bray Wyatt in, let's be honest, a complete waste of time. Poor Bray Wyatt literally carried that entire feud. Undertaker did literally fuck all. And I don't think it's memorable for much more than that. So all we really have is that 1990 match between Sting and Mean Mark. But... In all seriousness, 1990 doesn't count. So why didn't this match happen after both men had become legends? And I looked at Athletifo.com, who covered an interview that Sting once did about the match. And apparently Sting had pitched a cinematic match to WWE creative. So in the interview, Sting says, I wanted that to happen. I was very clear publicly, and I was very clear with WWE as well. I wanted my last hurrah against Taker. For whatever reason, it just never materialized. To this day, I don't know why. Maybe Taker never wanted to work with me. I had no idea. I mean, I've had good conversations with Taker, and we've always got along. I don't know why this match never happened, but it should have happened. It wasn't going to happen, and I knew it. And that wasn't the only reason why I left WWE, but it's one of the reasons why I left. I wanted that one last match. And in the same athletic full article by Hamish Woodward, um, fantastic website, by the way. Check them out. They've got an article on making kayfabe. They found an interview that The Undertaker did about the match. And, like, I-, I generally think Sting's theory about The Undertaker not wanting it might be spot on. So here's what Undertaker says. Here's what The Undertaker said. Fuck you, Sting. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like, <laughs> something like that. Um, but... I mean, he says, Undertaker says, where I kind of differ from a lot of people is I look past the marquee value and I look on the ability to deliver. So like you said, there's so many people that are clamoring for that match that I just don't know the match could deliver on people's expectations. So, yeah, like Undertaker was maybe worried that the match with Sting couldn't have delivered the hype, basically. And like, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm torn. I don't think anybody would expect the match to be a five-star classic in 2015. You know, it's it's more about it just being an absolute epic for me. You know, like Rock and Hogan wasn't a five-star match, but it was fucking huge. It was a huge match that most people remember fondly because it was two icons, and I think the same would have been true for Undertaker and Sting.
1: You see, that's the thing, because that's what I was going to jump in and say, is that it, in my opinion uh Rock Hogan is a five-star match because of the way it works and because mm. of like it's very simple when you look at it but if you just watch it as a whole and you listen to the audience and you watch the way those two pros go they don't have to do a whole lot of stuff they do everything perfectly and they yeah. have the audience in the palm of their hands and and you get it and like that's like that's pure, pure pro wrestling right there it's 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 wonderful you know and so when you were saying that about Jager and Sting not going out there and like performing like super well. The first thing I thought of was Rock Hogan and I'm like huh. well Rock Hogan like is, you know they didn't break the bank with the stuff they, you know there's no suicide planches and you know <laughs> Phoenix splashes and stuff obviously because um, you know Hogan didn't feel like it that day brother but those two guys went out there and did like a really 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 good match that worked within their skill set and they mm-hmm. did it perfectly and Undertaker and Sting are two pros in the business. Sting has never been known as one of those incredible wrestlers, but he's solid. He can he can do stuff in the in the ring, and he knows what he can do. Sure. Same with Undertaker. Undertaker knows what he can do, and I feel like the two of them could easily have come up with a solid match. You know what I mean? Because they're both pros; they both know what they're doing. It's hmm. it's very interesting that since Hogan and Rock, you've never really seen a match like that at WrestleMania
0: you know well that's the thing It's matches that come uh, come along once every like 20 years something because it is just i mean those were two of the like uh absolute icons of their era right whereas like uh you know roman reigns versus brock lesnar that's not like uh that's not two icons that's just two guys who are in the main event at that time you know so um, right. but you know, undertaker
1: but... and sting are those two icons they could have had a, a yes. similar match in my uh, opinion you know it's 100%. strange that undertaker would would kind of put it down like that because but yeah. a guy like sting has been around for so long and kind of knows the business like I said you know he's he's not well known for being the greatest wrestler of all time but he's solid he knows what to do and yeah. with a guy like Undertaker leading them and coming up with ideas and stuff they could have had a match if 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 they really went for it you know so
0: totally yeah that's that, a y- bit of me You've actually convinced me. Like, uh, you know, you don't have to get them out there doing top rope Canadian destroyers for it to be a five star <laughs> match. I mean, it would be a fuck, it would be a spectacle. Basically, it, it, yeah. it would have you would have your eyes glued to it. It would be one of those matches that you show to maybe like lapsed wrestling fans and say, "Look, Undertaker and Sting are finally having a match," and like, you know, that would bring them back from the Attitude Era, you know, um, exactly. into watching wrestling again. So even even for that reason, is a uh, totally bizarre, but. But yeah, I guess judging by that interview we talked about Undertaker there, like maybe he, maybe he knew that, he, or he was worried about not performing well in the match. I mean, like 2015 was a year after his streak under with Brock Lesnar, which wasn't as well reviewed as his previous WrestleMania matches with your CM Punk's and your Triple H's and your Shawn Michaels and your Batistas. And meanwhile, around this time, Sting got himself injured in a match against Seth Rollins, which led to worries that he'd become a bit fragile in his old age and of course I, I say Sting got himself injured but in all seriousness I <laughs> always believe the fucking turnbuckle powerbomb yeah. is a fucking atrocious move and should be banned but you watch AEW these days and like I said more than five years later even though he's limited to tag matches and cinematic matches he is looking fucking great for a 62 years old man like he hasn't missed a step whereas like um You look at the matches towards the end of the Undertaker's career, minus the Boneyard match, they were all kind of critically panned, like against Goldberg in Saudi Arabia and against DX in Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Um, But, yeah, exactly. But
1: But that's exactly it. Like, don't you think it's, like, super hypocritical of the Undertaker to criticise the potential of, like, you know, a a match? You know, like, I want the quality opponents. And then he, like, hams it up with fucking... Goldberg, like, come on, man, Sting's a better wrestler than Goldberg.
0: Well, he's, he's a better wrestler, and he's he's a match everyone wanted to see. Like Goldberg, exactly. Steve Austin was Goldberg's guy, right? That's how it was kind of paired in the Attitude Era. Nobody, right? nobody ever that.
1: said, "I want to see Undertaker versus Goldberg." Nobody, yeah. like, that's just. Yeah. But so for him to turn down the Sting one because Sting might not be as good a wrestler to go for. Well, we all know why he went for Goldberg, right? Yeah, like, sweet, sweet Saudi money, and it is that's sweet. A- I gotta say.
0: That's uh, that that's Saudi that Saudi money brought Sean Menquis out of retirement, man. Like uh, it must have been a lot a lot of money. So um, you know, but I, I get yeah, you're absolutely right. Like uh, it's a little bit hypocritical to then turn turn around years later and just say, I'm gonna have some crappy matches to end my career, you know. But anyway, like uh, you know we won't know exactly how the match would have turned out. I mean it's uh you know we couldn't, couldn't really imagine it. It would have been maybe be a skeptical, maybe it would be a cinematic match. Who knows? But I mean, that that's down to the performers. But what we can do here at Making KF is that we can try to imagine the story that would have played out between them. So, what do you say, Dylan? Should we jump into our time machine and reimagine what would have been with Undertaker and Sting?
1: Are we also going to do Stevie Richards and Matching Man?
0: Um, maybe next week.
1: What do you mean, maybe?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Positively, next week. Whatever
1: my plans were for next week, scratch him. We're doing Stevie
0: <laughs> Richards versus Matchaman. They Don't always end the season with a stable. Fuck it. Stevie Richards. Stevie Richards. Stevie Richards.
1: It's a new stable. The Red right Descensors are coming back, baby.
0: That's, and this uh, time,
1: uh, they're pissed off at Macho Man. It's a whole thing.
0: <laughs> Our Macho man's in the Red right Descensor. Ah.
1: Macho, oh.
0: Macho. Macho, Gentleman.
1: Ah, this is amazing.
0: Uh, Can you imagine
1: the the macho man, but he's all censored? Like, he's all just, like, really boring and, like...
0: Hey, brother. Just wearing a suit. Yeah. 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 Like,
1: macho, are you spooky? No. Uh,
0: (laughs) I'm not spooky anymore.
1: No spooky today. I'm like, oh. Are you okay?
0: (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Anyway. The cream doesn't rise to the top. The cream's staying where it is. Cream all at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Just says everything opposite, like instead of oh yeah. yes no, like <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's no. the kool man now. Like.
1: <laughs> anyway, we'll worry about that next week.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll go into that more next week. Undertaker vs. Thing, should we do it?
1: Let's do it.
0: Yes! <laughs> Alright, it's time to turn back the clock here. So we're not not too far, but we need, need we need to start today's fantasy booking at Survivor Series 2014. And this event was famous for two main things obviously, so the first being Miz and Damien Mizdow winning the tag team titles, suck it Ooh. Dylan, but also perhaps more, will famously, not suck it. more famously it is known for the WWE debut of Sting, Sting 29 years into his wrestling career at this stage made his surprise appearance in the main event of the show. And we'll touch on that again in just a second, but what's also crucial to remember is that this event was six months after WrestleMania 30, where Undertaker's famous WrestleMania streak was ended by Brock Lesnar, and Undertaker hasn't appeared on TV at all since going 21-1 at WrestleMania's. Anyway, back to Survivor Series 2014. So the main event of the show was the classic five-on-five Survivor Series elimination match. And it was Team Cena versus Team Authority. So WWE's biggest babyfaces versus WWE's biggest heels, basically. And at the end of the match, Dolph Ziggler was going three-on-one against Big Show, Kane, and Seth Rollins of the Authority's team. So his odds were looking pretty grim. But thankfully, it was about time for one of Big Show's famous turns. So he turned babyface on the Authority and walked out. Ziggler then hit the zigzag on Kane and eliminated him and then he hit the zigzag on Rollins too but then some shenanigans happened with Triple H knocking at the referee and bringing his own dirty referee which led to the debut of Sting and I'm saying this because we're going to be keeping it mostly the same in this rebooking so you know mostly it's a good start to our story here but anyway Sting comes down to the ring he takes out Triple H Pulls Diggler on top of Seth Rollins and basically becomes the reason that the good guys won over the authority this time and after the match we're going to have Sting hold up Dolph Ziggler's hand in victory and then Sting's going to be walking to the back the cameras are going to be on him and now now we make a very small change to the setup of this fantasy booking because as Sting is walking up that ramp and after doing a bit of a you know vigilantism we're going to hear a very recognizable sound of course, it's The Undertaker's famous gong, the lights go out briefly and as they come back on Sting is looking around the arena, notably with a very kind of pissed off expression on his face, he ain't a happy bunny. So Survivor Series goes off the air here, so literally all we're adding at this stage is the gong, because let's be honest, all we need is the gong, You know, it's an immediate tease, you've got a Sting and Undertaker tease right there, right away, you don't need a confrontation, We'll save that for Raw, and you can right. bet your ass people are going to be tuning in for Monday Night Raw now that this has happened, and now that Miz has won half of the tag team champions, of course.
1: No, but it's like symbolism, you know? Mm. They don't
0: have to beat you
1: over the head with it. They're like, all right, you get, hear the gong, people are like, shit, dude, I know yeah. what that means. I got to tune into Raw for that, and for that, and no other reason.
0: Exactly. actually
1: not the tag team
0: thing. exactly exactly that's exactly it like um you know we're we're gonna i mean spoiler alert we're gonna slow burn this like big time um you know we're gonna drop hints every now and then but we're gonna build to a big 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 climax so but here we are like so november 24th 2014 edition of monday night raw and at the start of the show you've got the authority out there namely triple h and seth rollins who are the focal points of the faction anyway and They're going to talk about the Survivor Series match, and they're going to warn Sting very seriously to not stick his nose in their business again. However, we're going to revisit that because the Authority are going to take out their anger on Dolph Ziggler for now, the man who damn near single-handedly beat the Authority last night in Survivor Series. And later in the night, we're going to have Sting appear in front of the live crowd. And it's his first ever appearance on Monday Night Raw, Sting comes down to the ring and he starts to tell the crowd how happy he has to be here in, insert town name, when all of a sudden he's interrupted and again, it's a gong. But this time the gong is followed by Frédéric Chopin's Piano Sonata Number 2 in B-flat minor, which is Undertaker's theme by the way, and... The entrance ramp fills with dry ice and of course the crowd go batshit crazy for it. Soon enough, The Undertaker walks out onto the ramp, making his first appearance since WrestleMania 30. He's dressed in his full get-up, black hat, big black coat, as he makes his slow march down to the ring. And as he stands in the ring, the music fades out. And dude, like I mean, we said it earlier, you don't have to do a lot here. Um, you know, once again... Just the image of Undertaker and Sting standing face-to-face in the ring is enough to make the crowd go crazy, for social media to go crazy, for lapsed wrestling fans from the late 90s to suddenly want to watch the product again. These are two of the biggest names in professional wrestling. It's the ultimate dream match. So yeah, having these two men locking eyes is a moment in itself. But Undertaker, he goes and takes a microphone and he brings it back. Staring intensely into Sting's eyes. And he says only one word. WrestleMania? Of course the crowd are going to pop again. Because now it's seemingly official. The challenge has been laid down. Undertaker versus Sting. WrestleMania 31. Undertaker hands a microphone to Sting for his answer. And Sting thinks long and hard. Building up the anticipation. Hyping it up. Making sure that every fan in the arena is listening. And he says... I'm sorry, I've got other business to attend to.
1: I was waiting for Sting to go, I'm sorry, who are you?
0: <laughs> who's, this guy, who's this guy in the fucking who's, hat and coat? Yeah, yeah what, what do you want from me? Are you lost?
1: Security! Graveyards <laughs> down the road there, buddy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the crowd, the crowd goes silent, um, you know, they weren't expecting that. And what a blow, you know, Sting... Leaves the ring to a chorus of boos which grow louder and louder, and he walks up the ramp, not even bothering to turn around, leaving The Undertaker alone in the ring. And that's the end of the segment. Not, not quite the end of the rebooking, but certainly the last we'll see on the November 24th edition of Raw. And as I said, we're slow burning this, folks, bear with. I mean, come on, we've, we've got between November and March to fill. You know, you got to build this shit. Long-term booking works. And as you'll see in the coming months, we're going to do that bit by bit, a little bit each week until it comes to the natural conclusion of... You'll see, you know. Anyway, the thing with Legends is that you don't need to feature them every single week. You know, doing so rubs the shine off, right? So that's why when Undertaker comes out, it's such a big deal. He's not on TV every week, so when you see him, it's awesome. And we're going to keep that in mind for this feud. You know, I don't want either of these guys to become a weekly television character. So... With that in mind on the December 1st edition of Monday Night Raw we're basically going to show a replay of what went down last week but we'll have it advertised that Sting will address his run-in with The Undertaker next week. No Undertaker, no Sting this week but enough to keep it fresh in people's minds. Remember slow burn. Also in the show at some point the authority are going to talk about Sting again you know like another warning just in case you hadn't heard the first one. Anyway, next week rolls around, it's the December 8th, 2014 edition of Monday Night Raw, and Sting's going to do as advertised, he's going to address what went down last week with The Undertaker. He stands in the ring with his big black trench coat, and he'll say that sure, he's very aware of how many people want to see Sting go one-on-one with The Undertaker. I mean, why wouldn't they? Two bona fide legends of the pro wrestling business, right? He may have been doing this for almost 30 years, but Sting is still a wrestling fan at heart, so he understands exactly what it's like to crave a match between two superstars. But, and there's a big but here, Sting's going to be honest with the fans so that hopefully they can see things from his point of view. The truth is, Sting signed a WWE contract way back in March, and the God's honest truth is that The Undertaker was number one on his list. I mean, the mythical Undertaker, right? The dream match. But herein lies the problem. Sting wanted to come to the WWE and he wanted to break the streak, the famous Wrestlemania streak of the Undertaker, but unfortunately Brock Lesnar beat him to it. Now, before the ink had even dried on the contract there was no streak. Massive disappointment and that disappointment manifested itself into a reality check in Sting's head where he realised he realized that Undertaker simply isn't the myth that he once was. Sting watched the match, he didn't see The Undertaker that he knew. This wasn't the 21 holes for 21 souls guy, this wasn't the phenom, this wasn't the dead man, this was an old man. And boy, has age not been kind to The Undertaker. Meanwhile, Sting, despite actually being older than The Undertaker, he sure isn't feeling old. You know, He feels like he's still in his prime and there's a lot more to give. So now that he's finally in the WWE, he actually wants a challenge, you know? Undertaker sure can't provide him that challenge but hey the authority haven't had Sting's name out of their damn mouth since Survivor Series so Triple H little boy Seth Rollins Sting is calling them out
1: I could see Sting cutting a promo like that yeah you know with you his know. fire and intensity like I could see him like doing something like that and pulling it off you know
0: That's it. Just I've studied hours and hours of Sting promos for that very moment. You love Sting.
1: You, you're like the number one Sting stan. You're Sting
0: stan. A Sting stan. Yeah, Sting stan. It's Sting stang. Yeah, like it. Sting (laughs) stang. The stanger. (laughs) (laughs) It's stang. (laughs) It's stang. (laughs) So, so here come the authority, right? So. Triple H, Seth Rollins, Jamie Noble, Joey Mercury all walk down to ringside, rolling up their sleeves on their expensive dress shirts. They try to unnerve Sting by climbing on, onto one side of the ring each, but then Sting pulls out his trademark baseball bat from under his long trench coat. He smashes Seth Rollins in the ribs with it, making Seth the victim of today as the authority start scrambling away. They were very much looking forward to the prospect of a four-on-one beatdown, but nobody mentioned anything about a goddamn baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
1: <laughs> that's true. Like, well, they should have seen the tapes.
0: Well, they, right? should, like, they like, should have done like, the research. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Like, oh, stinging a baseball bat. Nobody told me.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> you it. Like, well, you see, the problem was you guys it?
1: aren't sting stands. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, I think that's the problem. They were looking up Stang rather than Sting. Like, up Stang, Stang doesn't is a baseball thing. bat. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> idiots
0: Goddamn damn autocorrect um, but as the authority leave Sting locks eyes with Seth Rollins on the entrance ramp and we can't really hear him over the music that's playing in the background but this it sounds like he moves not this time boy to the architect and the segment ends there so we get to December 14th 2014 and it's tables ladders and chairs the annual pay per view or premium live event as WWE are now calling them because the simply cannot refer to anything fucking normally
1: <laughs> well to be fair they haven't been pay-per-views for a long time really like they're on the network and stuff like you what know, you know mean what
0: I mean? live event dudes like i mean i just...
1: i don't like the. i understand why they're not called pay-per-views i don't like the name premium live events i think that's worse but I understand why they're not called pay-per-views you know well yeah
0: f- okay but i mean like what about them calling not being able to say fucking hospital right they can't say hospital they gotta say like local medical facility local
1: medical facility yeah. yeah
0: or they can't say a number one contendership match anymore they gotta say a championship opportunity it's fucking loopy man it really is like just call it a pay-per-view everyone knows what that means you know
1: i guess but they're you know but they're changing things up man you know
0: this Oh, God, yeah, that's it. I thought that was just the it, NXT, but there's more. No, uh, they're,
1: they're changing the entire business. They're like, fuck it. We're going to yeah. change everything.
0: Just steer right into it. Just everything yeah. that was good, just take it away. Yeah, we're just going just it...
1: straight into that iceberg. Fuck it. All the other guys <laughs> drove around the iceberg, but we're going straight through it, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. Uh, that's yeah. a good analogy, the iceberg, to be honest. That's a really good analogy. <laughs> Getting closer. Getting closer, it definitely is, but oh boy. Um, Anyway, so in real life at TLC 2014, we had Seth Rollins versus John Cena, which was a number one contendership match or championship opportunity or whatever. We're going to stick with this in real life because it plays nicely from Survivor Series, which if you remember was Team Cena versus Team Authority, so this part stays. However, to continue the storyline we've got going at the moment, we're going to see Sting, Stang in the rafters of the arena, you know, just watching, just doing what Sting does, nothing fancy. And through the match, we're going to occasionally cut to Sting as he watches Rollins versus Cena. After three or four cuts, though, we're going to cut to something different. Because, you know, uh, uh, as there's a a double down or something in the ring, we, we cut backstage and we see Triple H speaking with security. And a few minutes later, we cut back to Sting in the rafters. And what do you know, he's been escorted out of the building by security guards. Sting's getting thrown out, which has clearly been masterminded by Triple H. You know, he shrugs, he obeys the security guards. That's the last we see of the Icon tonight. By the way, John Cena wins anyway. He beats Seth Rollins to become the number one contender to Brock Lesnar's WWE Championship, so that takes him out of the equation for now.
1: He earned himself a championship opportunity.
0: He earned himself a championship opportunity, that's right. Oh, it makes me sick just to say it. Um, But... (laughs) I can just hear it in Michael Cole's voice, honestly. Just I'm going to
1: say that for... not Because you know me and my number one
0: contendership oh, matches. Oh, fuck. You're like Mr. Number One Contender match. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to
1: say that every time from now on.
0: Oh, my God. I'm going to edit that out every time, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> I've already heard you saying number one contendership match. I can just edit that in, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Monday Night Raw, December 15th, 2014. Triple H and Seth Rollins come to the ring and... Along with talking trash about last night's failed number one contendership battle for Seth Rollins, Triple H does indeed address the security surrounding Sting last night. You know, when Sting was minding his own business, but got asked to leave anyway. Well, old Tripperoo has an explanation here. He says that he had Sting escorted from the building last night because he was worried about Sting interfering in the Rollins-Cena match. Oh, and by the way, just as an extra precaution, he's barred Sting from the arena tonight too. So obviously the crowd boo, no sting tonight, boo, boo, boo. But again, we don't want to overexpose the guy. So in speaking of trying to avoid overexposure, you know who we haven't heard from in a long time? The Undertaker.
1: David Richards. Oh.
0: (laughs) The Undertaker. So somewhere during tonight's show, we have a hype video for Undertaker appearing on Raw next week to address his match at the past WrestleMania. You know, the one where he was defeated by Brock Lesnar, ending his WrestleMania streak. So that's something to look forward to next week. And speaking of next week, well, it's now next week. So we're at the December 22nd, 2014 edition of Monday Night Raw. And in the final segment of the show, coming out for the first time in almost a month ever since he was basically rejected by Sting, it's the Dead Man. It's the Phenom. It's the Undertaker. And Undertaker's in the ring, he's got a microphone, and yeah, it's time for him to address what happened at WrestleMania, and in short, it's uh you know, the better man won kind of deal, you know, Undertaker confirms the report circulating that he, sur- he suffered a concussion in the match, but that's not an excuse, I mean, after all, Lesnar did that to him, you know, completely within the rules of a pro wrestling match, and Lesnar earned his victory through and through, and Undertaker guesses that he he's just going to have to start another WrestleMania streak because this old dog ain't ready to be put down yet. This old dog has still got the same bite he had 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And this old dog ain't a fan of other old dogs coming in from other yards into his yard only to ridicule him. And the crowd will start to cheer at this stage because it's very obvious at this point that he's addressing Sting. And Undertaker's going to continue saying... I simply can't stand here in front of you people without addressing the blatant disrespect from a certain icon. And he has the crowd by all ears, but he doesn't get the chance to finish his sentence because he suddenly gets blindsided by the authority. Seth Rollins, Triple H, Joey Mercury, Jamie Noble, they are all now in the ring and they're giving poor Undertaker one hell of a beatdown. Undertaker has no chance. It's four on one. He doesn't have a baseball bat and he was attacked from behind. So, you know, the four men are laying in stomps. It's a total mugging. Undertaker's down and out. But suddenly there's a glimmer of hope because the music of Sting hits through the PA and down comes Sting to the ring, once again wounding his trademark baseball bat. And Triple H sees what's coming and he alerts Seth Rollins. Both men are wise enough to get the hell out of the way of the Sting freight train. Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury, though, the lackeys, they don't they, they don't quite do the same thing. So Sting swings for the fences, catching Noble in the ribs and Mercury in the ribs. Noble and Mercury fall to the opposite turnbuckles, allowing Sting to stinger splash one and then run over and stinger splash the other. He then pulls them together, gets them in position and drops them down to the mat with a double scorpion death drop. And As both men exit the ring and crawl up the ramp to join their leaders in Triple H and Seth Rollins, The Undertaker is stirring from the vicious beatdown. He manages to pull himself up using the top rope, a pained expression forming upon his face. Standing up sure wasn't easy for the old dog, and of course, when he gets to his feet, whose gaze does he meet but Sting's? And Sting doesn't offer any more help, however. Uh, Instead, he just stares at The Undertaker, Almost like a pitiful look, you know, it's a look that says, you really aren't the dead man you used to be. Without taking that look off his face, Sting leaves the ring, having done his duty to fend off the authority. Once again, Sting has left the Undertaker standing in the ring. The big difference this time is that Sting saved the Undertaker's ass from a beatdown. That's going to put one hell of a chip on the Undertaker's shoulder, right? So, Raw ends there. Next week is the December 29th edition of Raw which is the final episode of 2014 and once again to protect the special attractions we're not going to have Undertaker and Sting appear live this week but that doesn't mean we can't still further some storylines so on the show we're going to have a recap of Sting and Undertaker's interactions so far. You know, the Gong at Survivor series, Sting snapping the Undertaker next night on Raw, Sting talking about how Undertaker isn't the same Undertaker anymore, Undertaker attempting to address Sting before getting beaten down by the Authority, and Sting saving Undertaker's ass from the Authority. It all gets recapped. Um, and let's be honest, because it's very clear that this is all gonna come into a head at some point, basically. But you know, we're keeping it subtle, we're teasing it. There's still a long way until WrestleMania after all, and this is only the end of December, so Anyway, it's a glorious video package, but halfway through, it gets interrupted by Triple H and Seth Rollins, who are cutting a promo backstage, and they make a direct reference to the hype video, you know, like a, "Ah, you you don't need to see that, two old guys fighting over a game of dominoes. It's time to talk about the future. It's time to talk about Seth Rollins. And, well, they're, they're going to be talking about something that's very timely, so Dylan is... You and I record this almost exactly eight years later. It's uh, it's Royal Rumble season, and things are really heating up. I mean, we've just heard that Johnny Knoxville from the 90s is going to be featured in this year's Royal Rumble. How fun.
1: Yes, I'm excited. You can't, know, wait. We can't We can't have any actual wrestlers in it because they fired them all, but we can have Johnny Knoxville. Yes!
0: <laughs> we can have reality star from the 90s, yeah.
1: <laughs> what a great idea that was.
0: <laughs> oh, boy, let's see how that one turns out. But, yeah, so... Seth Rollins and Triple h that, thats next week for booking, right? join Knoxville and the Rumble.
1: Oh, I think we're gonna uh, wait and see how it plays out first. That'll be the beginning of season six, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so. If, if John Knoxville wins Royal Rumble. Next um, week,
1: Stevie Richards and Macho Man. I
0: oh, know how could I forget? Sorry, you're you're absolutely right. Sorry about that. I thought join Knoxville had the money in the bank and would have run in to make it a triple threat, but I mean, yeah. You don't.
1: would you would sully the classic. <laughs> stevie richards match to my match by making a triple threat i mean come on man that's that's you gotta you gotta have a main event rest media at first you know? but
0: dude he's, he's from the 90s
1: so it was match match was from the 80s he's even better
0: yeah. see <laughs> Richards from the 90s yeah yeah see 80s versus 90s so
1: yeah fair looks enough
0: like okay. stevie Richards
1: or johnny Knox is gonna have to take a step
0: back that's it or, or you're gonna kick him in the dick so yeah fair enough so but yeah, so Seth Rollins and Triple H are going to hype up Seth's Royal Rumble qualifying match, which is going to take place next week on Raw, and Triple H makes a guarantee that Seth Rollins will follow in his footsteps, win the Royal Rumble, and go on to WrestleMania to win the title. And as I say, no Undertaker was thing this week, but hey, there may be something going on next week. Which brings me to next week. Next week, yeah. Uh, Monday Night Raw, it's great doing fantasy booking. You can just go straight to next week, because like time travel. Um, right. But Yeah, exactly. But Monday Night Raw, January 5th, we have the aforementioned Royal Rumble qualifying match. So Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler. Winner gets a guaranteed spot in the Royal Rumble. And these two men have had awesome matches before and they'll do it again. But towards the end of the match, who comes out to interfere other than the Tripster? Triple E H. H H-U-Triple. The Free H-Man. Quadruple minus one H. Hunter Hurst hat wearer. (laughs) Hippie Tripsy. That's right, it's Triple H.
1: tripsy. I'm reading that one
0: down. Triple H runs down to the ring with a sledgehammer in hand, but oh no, he's stopped, because as soon as Triple H gets on the apron, he's torn off back to the ring mats by a returning sting. The two men start brawling on the outside and this effectively distract Seth Rollins, which allows Ziggler to get the zigzag victory and defeat Rollins to win the Royal Rumble entry. So Sting has once again helped Dolph Ziggler get a victory over Seth Rollins, a callback to Survivor Series 2014. And Sting eventually gets the better of Triple H by smashing him into the ring post. He celebrates in the ring with Dolph Ziggler as Rollins moves on to the next segment of his night. On the same show, by the way, we're going to see Rollins backstage. And it's maybe five minutes after the whole Sting fiasco. And he is furious. You know, he's shouting incoherently. He's destroying his locker room, saying that if I can't have the rumble... And I want Sting. Angry Rollins is angry, and that's the end of the storyline development for this week. So we get to next week's RAW. It's January twelfth, and we start the night with Trippy Doodah the Trippity Trooper, the King of Wings, Game Face Helmsley, Hunter Cerebral Pants. Um, I'll stop. Um, but it's sticking with it, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Triple H yeah, Triple H is in the ring solo and I, I don't know if I can I can do better than Happy Tripsy but um,
1: I think that's the winner I think I know what uh, what my tombolas are going to be next week
0: <laughs> Happy Tripsy yes. Yeah, so tri- Triple H is in the ring solo and he has a microphone and he's got something to say to the icons thing, you know He addresses what happened last week and how, in the authorities' eyes, Sting cost Seth Rollins a Royal Rumble spot last night and how angry it made Rollins. So Triple H goes on to say, in a speech that may be a little bit ironic, he says, You know, it's all about you, Sting, isn't it? You, you, you you don't want younger talent to flourish because then you'd feel insecure. So you wrap your hands tight around your golden shovel and you bury them, just so you can feel like a king for a little bit longer. Let me tell you something, Sting. I hate people like you. And then Triple H goes on to propose a challenge. He challenges Sting to lace up his wrestling boots and to see how good he is in 2015. He proposes that Sting man up and take on the very man that he cost a valuable opportunity last week, Seth Rollins. And he proposes they do it at the Royal Rumble. Well, he doesn't have to wait long for an answer because Sting appears on the Titantron via live video stream and he accepts. So it's on. Sting's first official match in the WWE. It's him taking on Seth Rollins one-on-one. And now we're at the January 19th edition of Monday Night Raw. We're six days before the Rumble, and fuck it, we're going to play one of the most used hands in pro wrestling. That's right, we're going to have a contract signing, motherfuckers. In the main event of the show, there's a nice little table in the ring there. It's got a nice little tablecloth, some nice little pens, and there's a nice little Michael Cole in the ring to adjudicate the contract signing.
1: A little one, a little Uh, Michael Cole.
0: A nice little Michael Cole, and so the authority comes out, Sting comes out, and before Seth signs his name on the contract, he's got a little something to say to the Stinger. Seth reminds Sting, this ain't WCW, Stinger. You're not the megastar over here that you were over there. That place closed 14 years ago, and there's not enough face paint in the world to cover the fact that you are past it. This is the WWE and let me tell you something, you ain't facing Buff Bagwell, you ain't facing Jeff Jarrett, this is Seth freaking Rollins, something you've never came up against before and at the Royal Rumble, I'm going to wipe the goddamn floor with your receding hairline. He signs a contract and Sting smiles and before he signs a contract, he obviously has a little something to say to Mr. Freaking Rollins and Sting says, boy you're going to step into the real world at the Royal Rumble. There will be no Daddy H to protect you this time. I may have gotten a few paces slower than in my heyday, but son, I've forgotten more about what to do in between those ropes than you have ever learned. On Sunday, you're going one-on-one with the Icon, and if you don't know what that means now, trust me, you will. Sting signs a contract, but as soon as he does, Seth Rollins pushes Jamie Noble onto to Sting, and as Seth and Triple H leave the ring, Joey, Joey Mercury and Jamie Noble attempt to beat down Sting. And they do, for a good five seconds or so, before Sting starts to fight back, lighting up both men with strikes and chops and strikes and chops. As per wrestling tradition, Sting grabs the contract signing table, he props it up against the corner, it places both Mercury and Noble in front of it. He then takes a run from the other corner of the ring and bam, Stinger Splash to Mercury and Noble through the table. Sting then stares down Seth and Triple H on the ramp, throwing the contract clipboard at them. A nice little go-home segment from what will undoubtedly be a highly anticipated match at the Royal Rumble. So here we are. It's the 2015 Royal Rumble and here we have it. Sting's first ever WWE match. It's Sting versus Seth Rollins, a match that's been building since Survivor Series, a match that makes sense, a match which isn't just WWE once again trying to cash in on buying WCW back in the day, and we're going to have Rollins win this one. Um, I know, I'm I'm doing a big WWE and having Sting lose his first match, but there's going to be more around this, you know. So basically, Seth Rollins is going to get the win thanks to the authority, the traction, He'll get the roll-up win, feet all over the rope, so definitely not a clean victory, which is going to protect Sting a little bit. But here's the thing, here comes the storyline development, because the authority are going to immediately jump Sting after the match. Like Sting doesn't even have a moment to sell the fact that he's pissed off about Seth Rollins cheating to win, because Triple H, Jamie Novo and Joey Mercury are in there and beating the crap out of Sting. They're not playing around either. They're fucking Sting up. Rollins joins the beatdown, and once again, the Forty are making the most of a four-on-one situation. Eventually, Triple H gets Sting in the position for the pedigree, and then... The crowd gasp as lightning strikes the ring. The Forty fucking shit themselves, man. Like, they get out of that ring faster than... Lightning? I just realised I should have used a better idiom there, but... <laughs> Uh, but that works. Uh, so you get my drift. The pyrotechnics team earned their money tonight by making it look like lightning striking the ring. And the authority are out of there. No, no, he really,
1: he really can shoot lightning.
0: I mean, so Undertaker shoots lightning, so he earns his money tonight. The authority are out of there. And Sting doesn't notice, you know, he doesn't notice that he has potentially been saved by the Undertaker because he's been laid out by Rollins and Co. You know, he's, he's unconscious. But when he watches this back, He's going to have something to say there, I'm sure. So the segment ends there, anyway. And the next night on Raw, January 26th, it's announced at the top of the show that there will be no Sting tonight. Sting is unfortunately still feeling the effects of the authorities' beatdown last night after his unclean loss to Seth Rollins. I've said it before, I'll say it again, I'll say it the whole fucking episode. you got to use these guys sparingly to keep the lure. However... On the show, we're going to see Seth Rollins and Triple H arriving at the arena. We get a shot of their limo pulling up into the car park. The limo driver walks out, opens their door, etc. It's Seth and Trippers, with Seth Rollins looking real smug after his victory over Living Legends thing last night. As they start to walk towards the arena door, they notice that something's actually parked in front of it. It's a hearse. And there seems to be a lot of dry ice surrounding it. Who the hell would leave a goddamn hearse covered in dry goddamn ice outside the? Oh yeah, okay, makes sense. Look at this it's...
1: possibly be oh <laughs> son of a gun, you know?
0: <laughs> it's Billy Gunn think... again.
1: I was trying to think of somebody else other than Billy Gunn, but as soon as I said <laughs> son of a gun, that's all I could think of. I'm like oh, Billy Gunn? Gunn. Was Billy Gunn? Billy Gunn was in the company in two thousand and fifteen
0: he—he well, he was um—he was part of the new age. Outlaws at that time. Yeah, right? they
1: came back around that time, so it works, perfect.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh well, yeah, it's um, and it maybe Billy, be Billy Gunn. Gunn,
1: and then Billy be... Gunn and Sting had a match, and then that's the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Gunn and Sting could have a match in eighty-eight. Oh Keep shit!
0: They, they did. They did. They <laughs> did. <laughs> they literally just did. They did a couple of weeks ago. It was um, Darby Darby and Sting versus Billy Gunn and uh, his son. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Legit that <laughs> happened, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I said know. that as a goof.
0: <laughs> yeah. Actually, not even like two weeks ago, I think. It's very recent.
1: <laughs> that's unbelievable.
0: I don't know if you've seen Billy Gunn these days, man, but he's, he's in software. He you looks good. Yeah.
1: People whenever they leave the WWE, they get ripped because once they're not on the road, like every every week, they can <laughs> they have more time to like go to the gym and like actually um because, you know, you've seen, like, loads of people have, like, left the WWE. We talk about uh, Adam Rose. He left and got ripped. Al yeah. Snow, you've seen him now. He looks ripped. And Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn looks great.
0: Yeah, he does, man. Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought you were going to say something else and off the road, but um <laughs> I thought you going to say off the roids.
1: None of the people I've mentioned are on the roids. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, nobody does. But I mean, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's um, if you're on the road all that time, it's hard to get a workout in. And um, you know, you see a lot of people in better shape. Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, the one was in fucking incredible shape as well. And like, yeah. you know, he's in his best shape of his career now that he's gone from WWE. So yeah, it's um, it happens, man. It happens. Like people get more time to work out. So um, but anyway, it's not Billy fucking Gun. It's, it's an Undertaker oh, yeah. tease.
1: <laughs> oh, right. <laughs>
0: Steering this back on round, so it's Seth Rollins and Triple H they side eye the hearse, they walk past it, you know, clearly a bit unnerved by its presence. And then we cut backstage, where we see a, a three-second clip of Stevie Richards walking around holding an Easter egg. Thank you. And then there we
1: go. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and that's all we see in Raw tonight. So slow burn. That's all
1: we need. If that was just in a, like all three hours of Raw. Yeah,
0: yeah that's yeah. it. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need from yep. Rod. It's just a little bit of Steve Richards and Easter Egg, and yeah, that's it. It's all you need. So does he eat um, an
1: Easter Egg? No, he doesn't. He's only got three seconds. Looking after yeah.
0: it. That was in there before you mentioned Steve Richards today, by the way. Um, just See? so you know. <laughs> because because you know you know that Stevie Richards equals readings. That's I know how I know how to book a show did. Like, you got to get exactly. Stevie Richards in there somewhere. So
1: exactly. That's why that's why wrestling these days isn't like breaking any records anymore. Nobody's yeah. putting Stevie Richards on the fucking show. When was Literally the last nobody. time Wrestling was hot? Whenever yeah. Stevie Richards was on TV, where is Stevie Richards right now? He's at home because all these pricks aren't putting them. Tony Khan. How many times have we gotta tell you? <laughs> Start yeah, listening exactly. to
0: us. <laughs> Just send a truckload of money to Stevie Richards' house, get him on dynamite, and you'll be the biggest wrestling company in the entire history of the world.
1: Send a truckload of money to us as well for coming up with this idea.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually. I think. um But Raw, February 2nd, it's a much-anticipated return of Sting. During the show, we're going to have Sting come out and cut a promo on the authority for Seth Rollins' bullshit win at the Royal Rumble. He says he should have known that there would be some hijinks because the authority was involved. It's never a fair fight when you're up against those guys. He also addresses the lightning strike at the end of the match at the Royal Rumble, and Sting has now watched that footage back, and he sees what caused The Undertaker to stop attacking him. Sting says that he honestly doesn't have a clue who that was, maybe Billy Gunn, but if it is who he thinks it is, Sting looks directly into the camera and he says, let me be clear, I do not need your help. So Sting challenges Seth Rollins once again, so who comes out but Seth Rollins and Triple H and Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury? Uh Uh-oh. And they're all wielding steel chairs because they know there's a high chance that Sting has come armed. Sting, of course, famous for hitting people with his baseball bat. Only only people that deserve it, though. You know, Sting's not attacking old ladies in the street with his baseball bat or anything, you know. Sting uh, doesn't... Do I've never seen it. I've never seen footage of it, so, um, you know. He
1: does that in the spare time.
0: If, if Sting attacks an old lady in the street with a baseball bat, does it make a sound? I don't know. You
1: know, so <laughs> uh, let's just move on before I have something to say about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Sting doesn't back down. He doesn't even show a hint of fear when the authority all enter the ring holding steel chairs surrounding Sting. There's literally an authority member in every corner with poor Sting being stingy in the middle. Triple H gives the nod to Seth Rollins, they get ready to attack, and then The lights go out, the lights come back on, and standing back to back with Sting is the fucking Undertaker. The authority drop their chairs out of fear as both Sting and The Undertaker advance on them and start attacking. They take care of Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury fairly easily until it's Sting and Seth and Undertaker and Triple H exchanging lefts and rights and lefts and rights. Sting and Undertaker get the upper hand, eventually clotheslining each enemy over the top rope and opposite ends of the ring, and the crowd go wild. But the good times don't last long. Literally as soon as the ring is cleared, Sting turns around to face the Undertaker and immediately gets in his face. The Stinger is angry. The Undertaker doesn't back down. He just glares Sting in the eye, and Sting is shouting at the Undertaker, I didn't need your help. I did not need your help. Undertaker shouting back. They were going to end your goddamn career. And as they're arguing, the authority look on from the entrance ramp and while they sell, just having their asses kicked, they smile and they laugh. Rollins and Triple h they look at each other and laugh. And Sting is the first to break eye contact as he furiously turns away from The Undertaker and leaves the ring. The segment ends there. Sting is not happy with Undertaker. He's not happy at all. And now we're at the February 9th, 2015 edition of Monday Night Raw, and we open the show, predictably, with an in-ring promo from The Authority. Well, it's mainly Triple H and Seth Rollins, actually. But they're talking about last week... Seth Rollins jokes about the two old men in the ring shouting at clouds. Triple H laughs along, nervously looking around to see if anyone notices that he's only two years younger than The Undertaker. But anyway, Triple H takes the microphone and he says that he enjoyed the sight of Sting and Undertaker arguing last week so much that he wants to see it again. And you know what? He and Seth are getting pretty damn sick of these two legends taking up airtime week after week after week. So... He decides he's going to have to take matters into his own hands here. We've got Fastlane coming up on February 22nd. And, well, Triple H is itching to get back in the ring. And as it stands, Seth Rollins' schedule is looking pretty clear too. So, he decides at Fastlane, The Undertaker and Sting are going to compete in a tag team match. Which Triple H finds hilarious because they clearly won't get along. And their opponents in this tag team match, you guessed it, Triple H and Seth Rollins. So there that's you have good. it. That's,
1: I, like, I really like that. The way you were booking that, I'm like, I hope he's going to, because that's what I would have done. Mm. I would have done that tag team match, and that's exactly what you did, because I'm sure you're going to reveal this, but like that's huge stakes. People are like, normally people are like, who gives a shit about Fastlane in between the World Rumble and WrestleMania? Mm. If you have a match with The Undertaker, and Sting, and Triple H, and not to take anything away from Seth Rollins, but those are three mm. like huge names right there in one match, People are gonna pay attention.
0: Yeah, man. I, I think a lot of people. I, I'd watch the show that match. You know, I'd be very interested in that match. You know, I'd, I'd, not I'd if watch it was that. In Saudi Arabia. I mean, no, but I mean, I don't want to give them the blood money, but I mean, yeah. But if it's uh, on fast lane, they might not, right?
1: Exactly, it intrigues people. You're like, oh, hey, I, I gotta watch this. I know these guys. That sounds like a really interesting kind of pay per view because you know that that's gonna get people interested and it's gonna lead you into WrestleMania. Well, exactly. Smart, it, it,
0: smart booking. Yeah. You've got Sting and Undertaker in the same ring on the same team. Like, uh, you know, the Laps fans from the 90s, they can uh, look into it and say, oh, I need to watch wrestling again, you know. so. But then um, once you know, they're
1: in the same ring, you can tease the tension.
0: Exactly, exactly that, man. Simple. So that that's what we're going to do tonight, basically. So, you know, we've got um, uh, the match booked for Lane, And, uh, you know, now we have that knowledge that Sting and Undertaker are going to team up and take on Triple H and Seth Rollins. And we get to the February 16th Raw, six days before Fastlane. And we're gonna keep it simple here. You know, we've got the matchbook. As you said, then we've got people invested. We just need to usher along this storyline nice and smoothly. And on the show we'll have a sit we'll have sit-down promos with Triple H and Seth Rollins and one with Sting 2. Triple H and Seth Rollins are going to continue to shit on Undertaker and Sting's fragile relationship and Sting's going to address that as well. You know, Sting's going to look into the camera and address the Undertaker and says, you know, just just let me go out there, kick the asses and we'll call it a night. All right, big man. We don't get a sit down promo from the Undertaker though. No way. We see Undertaker killing it in the gym. Show The Undertaker boxing, show him on the treadmill, show him bench pressing, lifting heavy chains, etc. Just have this guy look like a total fucking badass before Fastlane, because we know he is. We just forgot in the last while because of what happened at WrestleMania. I want the final shot of the show to be Undertaker in stupendous shape, sweating buckets and looking at the camera with his eyes rolled up. The Undertaker's fucking back, man. The Undertaker is back. And Fastlane rolls around, it's February 22nd, and well, it's time for the big one. It's time for The Undertaker and Sting to team up as they try to overcome one of the fastest driving stars in pro wrestling and Seth Rollins, as well as multiple-time world champion Triple H. And well, we'll have the match, and of course we have Sting and Undertaker winning, but there's one thing we need to be super clear here. So, in the match, there's not going to be any tension. Between Undertaker and Sting, as you predicted, Dylan. In the match, the the main thing we're gonna have here is just Undertaker being an absolute fucking beast. You know, it'll be his sensational performance which will lead to him and Sting winning the match. Not Sting's. I mean, Sting's gonna perform pretty well, but we're gonna see Undertaker hit all the classics, old school, the apron leg drop. Big boot. It will hit Rollins with the last ride and pin Triple H with a chokeslam fall by a tombstone. It's going to be Undertaker plays the hits, basically, which is basically because we need to inject some life back into this character after after his defeat to Brock Lesnar at last year's WrestleMania. We need to remind people that this is is still the Undertaker and, you know, we need Sting to realise that, hey, he, he may have been wrong. And after the match, before the show ends, Sting offers the Undertaker a handshake Undertaker accepts it, shaking Sting's hand briefly before turning away. And, you know, maybe there's a a little development here. I guess we're going to have to find out on Monday Night Raw. And again, the beauty of doing a fantasy booking is that we can go to Monday Night Raw right now. So Monday Night Raw, the night after Fastlane, February 23rd, we have Sting opening the show. He's displaying a, a few wounds from his tag match last night, but, but he certainly isn't in the shape he was then after the Authority beatdown at the Royal Rumble. And Sting, he's obviously got a microphone in hand. He talks about last night and how he admits that he was wrong about the Undertaker because the Undertaker had, by God, one of the best performances of his whole career at Fastlane. Sting was in total shock when he saw Undertaker throwing Seth and Triple H around the ring like it was nineteen ninety eight. Sting found out that Undertaker can still go, and maybe he really will be a challenge if they were to go one-on-one. So, you know what? As far as Undertaker's WrestleMania challenge goes, Sting's changed his minds. Sting accepts. Then we hear... Undertaker, dressed in his full Deadman gear, he walks onto the top of the ramp. The cameras get a good close-up of him, and he nods his approval. It's official. It's happening. Dream match. Undertaker versus Sting at WrestleMania 31. The two men share a brief stare down with Sting in the ring and Undertaker on the ramp. Sting again is the first man to break eye contact, opting instead to rally the crowd into a round of applause for Big Evil. Undertaker looks around at the fans who are clapping him, cheering him, applauding him for his performance last night. There's a hint of disgust in the face of the Undertaker. Which is interesting. You know, this, the segment ends there. March 2nd Raw. And for the next couple of weeks in the build-up to one of the most anticipated matches of all time, we're going to have Sting and The Undertaker compete in a tune-up match each. You know, it gets them on TV in the build-up to the match, knocks off a little bit of a ring rust, and puts a spotlight on a couple of mid-carders who we're going to pair them against. So, I mean, this is going to be a, a huge novelty. Sting and The Undertaker competing on Raw. So, Sting's going to go first. It's uh, Sting's first ever match on Monday Night Raw and we're going to put him in, in a back and forth 10 minute match against Darren Young. And obviously we're going to have Sting win with the Scorpion Deathlock. but it's nice to be able to give Darren Young a little rub by having Sting's first match on TV. And on the March 9th edition of Monday Night Raw, we're going to have Undertaker's first match on Monday Night Raw in how many years? Four. A couple. Um, unbelievably um, I-, I thought it'd be a lot longer than that to be honest so I was surprised myself but on the 22nd of April 2013 The Undertaker teamed with Kane and Daniel Bryan to lose to the Shield so there you go but that was his first match on Raw since 2010 so you know I went off but anyway the Shields, they were great I do remember the Shield Wouldn- wouldn't it be funny if Orange Cassidy was in the Shield instead of Roman Reigns
1: uh, I'd take a really good booker to make that fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> coming to Patreon this month plug but yeah Back to the story, Undertaker's got a one-on-one match, and we're going to put him up against up-and-coming star, Rusev. Very similar to Sting's match, it'll be a 10-minute back-and-forth affair with Undertaker winning with a tombstone and a big man. Now both men have had a tune-up match for WrestleMania, so all we need to do now is sit back and wait, and occasionally kind of prod the fire to keep it burning. So... On the 16th of March edition of Monday Night Raw, we're going to keep it simple, we'll get WWE's awesome video package making team to play an absolute blinder and pull together the most epic video package possible for a dream match. It'll feature Undertaker and Sting's recent run-ins, but it's also going to have clips of them through throughout both of their careers, thanks to WCW's ownership of the WCW tape library, but... Yeah, it'd be hard to not make this epic, basically. You know, it's not going to be interrupted by Triple H this time either. So once the package is over, we're going to get the message that Undertaker and Sting will meet face-to-face next week on Raw. And so here we are. March 23rd, Monday Night Raw, just six days before WrestleMania. And we're going to have a face-to-face meeting between two of the biggest legends in the sport before their dream match. Sure has been a rocky road to get here, but we're here and it's happening. Sting gets to the ring, Undertaker joins him, both men making huge, grandiose entrances worthy of their status. When they're both in the ring, the two men stare each other down, and Sting gets in the mic and has the crowd hanging on every goddamn word. And he says simply, You know, Undertaker, people have wanted this match for years. Ever since the good old days of the Monday Night Wars, people have dreamed of us finally going one-on-one. It's a match that everyone wants to see, and now that I finally respect you again, Undertaker, I'm delighted we can finally do this. And well, I know the folks in the back want us to come out and talk, but honestly, I think all the talking's been done, wouldn't you say? Everything's been said, so all we can do is wait six more days for Sting versus The Undertaker to finally, finally happen. And the crowd get behind this speech from Sting, even though, let's be honest, it's slightly cheeky. I mean, now that I finally respect you again, you know, that would get under a lot of people's skin. And well, Undertaker. Undertaker snatches the microphone out of Sting's hand. Sting flinches in surprise. He wasn't expecting this. And Undertaker, he stares daggers at Sting. He stares at him for a long, long time as the crowd grow in anticipation. Undertaker brings a microphone to his lips and he says Screw you, I ain't done talking. Hell, I've barely said a damn word so far. It's been you coming out here every week and talking about how I have yet to earn your respect as if I give a crap. I don't need your respect, Sting. In case you haven't noticed, well, you've been wrestling for a couple of number two promotions over the last 25 years, I've been the measuring stick for everybody who has come through these doors. There ain't nobody who means nothing until they've gone one-on-one with The Undertaker. I make people famous, and the same goes for you, Stinger. You ain't the icon yet, at least until WrestleMania. I don't care what you've done elsewhere because you haven't done shit here other than when you had me backing you up. Honestly, now that I respect you again, who the hell are you to judge me? Even God himself cannot judge me. I am The Undertaker and at WrestleMania, you are gonna rest in peace. And then the gong sounds, Undertaker's music hits and the two men get nose to nose. Sting's talking shit back to Undertaker, Undertaker's talking shit to Sting, but we can't hear what they're saying. All we know is that things just got picked up a gear this week before WrestleMania. This was always going to be a big match, but now it's super personal too. And that is the final bit of hype we need for the big day. Which brings us to March 29th, 2015, WrestleMania 31. It's Undertaker versus Sting. As one of our listeners said earlier, it's, it's very tough to, you know, think of who wins this match, you know? I deliberated hard over the result of this match, and, um, you know, it, it'd be to go of a match, but, you know, it, it's going to go down as one of the greatest in history, so... And in the end, as for who wins, I mean... I think you're right, dude. It's got to be The Undertaker. Um, you know, he, he's been portrayed portrayed as weak almost by Sting for most of this feud, and he's coming off that big loss to Brock Lesnar at last year's WrestleMania. So, and it's WrestleMania. Undertaker wins at WrestleMania, right? So, Undertaker wins this, and he makes Sting respect him. And who knows, maybe he even revives his career somewhat. And Sting would clearly still have plenty to do in the WWE after this. I know a loss to Undertaker at WrestleMania is not going to do anyone much harm. If we're sticking to reality here, WrestleMania 31 is actually where Seth Rollins cashes in money in the bank to win the WWE Championship. So maybe there's some unfinished business there between those two that needs to be settled. You know, Sting and Rollins did eventually wrestle in real life for the title, but this would clearly have more build to it by using that story, I feel. And if you don't go down that road with Sting, then, I mean, like, Pick your fucking favourite, I guess. I mean, you can have Sting feud with so many people on the roster. Get them involved with the Wyatts, you know, the Shield, Roman Reigns. Maybe you finally have that Sting versus Triple H match, which apparently was a better idea in real life than Sting versus Undertaker. The possibilities are endless because Sting is still kicking ass in AEW these days. So with hindsight being 2020, of course, I think it's clear that we could have had a pretty sweet Sting run in 2015 on Raw or SmackDown. Anyway... That's probably the most words I've ever written for any fantasy booking. So yeah, I'm I'm pooped. But in conclusion, that's how you book the Dream Feud, the Dream Match between Undertaker and Sting.
1: Well, that's okay. Let me take up the the word count for a second. You can do, take a little break right there, and I'll.
0: You got I'll this, say yeah.
1: I'll say some words. So number one, Stevie Richards versus Matchaman would be a great idea. <laughs> um, well, that's next. Let, week, damn it. Let me say that I think you did a very good job of tying the authority into it, right? Because we all know the authority was a big thing back in in that time. They were really pushing that. And so with this storyline, you've kept it relevant by keeping a mention of that and working them into the storyline. So that by the end of it, like you said, Seth Rollins becomes heavyweight champion. There's unfinished business there. Seth Rollins beat Sting in your rebooking. Seth Rollins beat Sting via cheating, mm. via you know interference. So that it, you know it's not a clean loss for Sting. Sting has plenty of uh, options to get his revenge, and what better way to do it than a title match? Like that makes sense to do it that way instead of just one day going here's Sting, he's gonna fight Seth Rollins. You're like, what? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. But like with your rebooking, that's long-term s- storyline telling, right? That's how hmm. you do it. It's it's simple stuff, but like you you make these little teases that make sense in the future. So like I really do like the idea, especially when Sting came in. I like the idea of him saying, I don't want the Undertaker. Fuck that. I'm going after the authority. That was a good angle. Because it, it, it's a old beat and switch. People will, will want to see Sting versus Undertaker and and Sting himself says, No, 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 no. I want to fight the authority. That means You know, it's a tease. But it's smart. It keeps it relevant, right? There was one little moment. I like the idea of at the TLC pay-per-view when Sting was in the Raptors. And Uh then Triple H is like, I get, you know, he calls it the security to get Sting out of the Raptors. I like the idea of, like, the security guys, like, you know, like, poking Sting with, like, big sticks. (laughs) Get out of the Raptors! You know, like, they can't (laughs) can't get up there, but they're just like, jab. Like, get out of there, you Sting, you know? (laughs) He's like, oh, all right, all right, I'll be back later.
0: I just, like, weird,
1: yeah. Instead instead of them like, climbing up, they're just like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> just for I me. Yeah I, find that. That. <laughs> yeah, I find that very funny. What I really liked, and that I think it deserves to be highlighted, especially given the way that you finished the rebooking, is that for a lot of it, and you kind of made mention of this, for a lot of this, you put the emphasis on Sting as opposed to The Undertaker, and that's because... We already know The Undertaker. Anybody who watches WWE knows who The Undertaker is. But, you know, Sting, God bless him, hasn't been on TV in a long time at that point. I mean, you know, TNA, yes, but, like, you can't assume that everybody watching WWE (laughs) watched TNA, right? Yeah. So, in people's minds, they haven't seen Sting since 2001. Yeah. Right? They don't know anything about Sting it makes sense to build him up because we've already built the Undertaker up. We already know that he is the Undertaker. Hmm. We already know that shit, right? And then of course that plays into your storyline where Sting, uh, Undertaker ends up seeming like the vulnerable one. And therefore if he wins WrestleMania, that shows you that he's still the Undertaker of old and Sting was wrong to underestimate him, you know? Yeah. So like, again, that's that's smart, that makes sense. I think it makes sense to not overexpose either of those guys. Again, that makes sense. That's shit you mentioned, but you're like, that makes sense. You don't want to overexpose them, because they are legends. You want to pick and choose your right moments, and like I said before, I think that match at Fastlane was the right move. That tag team match, I think it's a great idea. Totally do that, because again, you're not blasting through loads of dream matches right here, but you're also putting on something interesting, a spectacle match to get Mm -hmm. people interested. That makes sense. Shit like that, you know what I mean? I think all that shit makes sense. And, you know, people. People. I don't know if people are gonna see this and think this is a really long rebooking. I don't know about this, but like, mm. I want people to listen to this because the yeah. way you've chained shit together from Survivor Series to WrestleMania is the way that you should book storylines yeah. to WrestleMania. It should start at the Survivor Series or at the very least the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And it should go on for a couple of months. But not like oh beat you over the head relentless with it. It should all make sense. And I think this storyline did. It all had story beats and it it, it 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 had a couple of twists and turns and it it made sense. That's the most important thing. It wasn't just yeah. like here's our a danger sting, you know, like <laughs> they come in on yeah. the hot air balloon or whatever. Like none of that shit. You have yeah. something that makes it also what was it you call them Hi- hippie trippy? Hippie Tripster, Hippie Tripsy. You got that in the rebooking? Hi- hippie Stevie Tripsy, Ri- Hippie Tripsy, yeah. Hippie <laughs> Tripsy, you got Stevie Richards in
0: there? Yeah. Classic. Five star. <laughs> in- instant classic. Yeah, instant yeah. classic based on those two things there. But yeah, man, you're, you're absolutely right about building matches to WrestleMania. I mean, like, how often are they, are they doing that these days? You know, I I mean, maybe we'll be proven wrong. Maybe John Oxville is going go to go and win the Royal Rumble and go to WrestleMania, but. Fingers um, <laughs>
1: crossed!
0: Fingers crossed, it'll be for a good rebooking, but there's not enough slow burn these days. I mean, like, um, I'm always putting AW over, but they do slow burn really, really well. Um, you know, New Japan, obviously, famous for that, but WWE don't really um, book beyond the next month anymore, and I think it needs to happen if you're the main, the premium wrestling product on TV for most people um, around the world. You know, you've got to have these storylines to keep people invested, not just a one month kind of flash in the pan, move on to the next challenger kind of thing, so if you're booking this storyline between two of the biggest, literally two of the biggest legends in all of wrestling, you got to put everything into it. It can't just be, you know, Sting shows up at Fastlane and then suddenly that's him facing another you got to put way more into it. Uh, you got to book it every week and, again, not overexpose them. You know, let them know what's happening in the feud, but don't overexpose them and, um, you know, have it all kind of like culminate at that match at WrestleMania. So, but yeah, this was a... A uh, hell of a, a, hell of a challenge to kind of book, but it was good fun. And um, yeah, literally the the longest rebooking I've ever written. So, and um, that's that's cool. This is probably going to be the longest making cake of episode of all time, actually. Uh, looking at the the counter we've got here.
1: Yeah, but uh, but it all makes sense. It's all important. You know, yeah. it's all. I mean, it's a culmination. It's it's it shows how. Yeah, sure. We're a comedy podcast. Why not? But also, like you know, we do take this shit seriously, and we do yeah. try to rebook this stuff logically. And you've done that logically, and you've taken everything that was available to you in 2014, 2015, and applied it to this storyline. You know, that's you, it. Uh, We're
0: not booking zombie turkeys every week.
1: I'm certainly not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you never have, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's just me. That's just me. But
1: yeah, but that's um, it. Yeah. You can book zombie turkeys one week, and then an actual like proper epic storyline that makes sense
0: which also technically features a zombie if you class undertaker as a yeah a i mean that well yeah that's
1: not that, <laughs> that nothing it, we could do about that yeah <laughs>
0: you know but yeah man, it's, it's nice to have fun but i mean we like doing the serious ones as well so i mean you've got um you know plenty of uh, awesome series rebookings you've had in the past as well and same yeah like Undertaker's things, one that people have been asking for since like season one so it's nice to finally be able to do it but but hey that, that's it that's it finally done and um you know what comes next. You know what comes after the rebooking and after the feedback from the co To tell you what comes next, folks, it's time for Kayfabe Tambola. So we've talked today about what is probably the number one dream match of all time, but we haven't really mentioned much about the number two dream match of all time, which is £5 and the Making Kayfabe Patreon page. That's right, for £5 only, you can get access to 12 exclusive rebookings just like this one. And hey, maybe there aren't any Sting or Undertaker matches on there, but we still imagine what would happen if Walter went one-on-one with Brock Lesnar, or what would happen if Luna Vashon paired up with Vader, or what would happen if Braun Strowman became a Yeti. Yeah, that's a fun one. Uh, this is the penultimate episode of Season 5, so as per tradition, tr- pr- tradition We'll be taking a little break for a while, so it's a good time to sign up, folks. Jump on there, download the episodes so that you literally have a full making KFAP season to see you through the break we'll be taking after next week. There's some very good shit on there. Every penny goes right back into making this podcast even better, like investing in better equipment and paying our hosting fees because running the podcast ain't cheap. But hey, we'd love to see you there, folks, so... You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. That's patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. Anyway, it's time for Making Kayfabe. And if you've chosen Undertaker vs Sting as your first Making Kayfabe episode, well, I mean, good choice. Good choice, man. But there's a good chance that you don't know what Kfabe Tymbola is. So... Let us go into that. So, k Timbola is a fun game we play at the end of each episode. Every week, one of our awesome listeners hands us four random wrestlers and four random scenarios, and we number those one to four and letter them A to D. The co-host who is not carrying the story, which is still in this week, will give a letter-number combination, and then they'll have 60 seconds-ish to book the greatest wrestling storyline of all time, completely improv This week's k Timbola has been sent in by... And you'll love this one, Dylan. Johnny Fuller on Twitter. He's <laughs> at Mr. John Tastic as well. And he hosts a great podcast called Wrestling Doesn't Make Sense on YouTube with some other prick. Uh, Dylan and um, I
1: not anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dylan and I also know this gentleman from our E days where he's been both friend and foe many times over. Uh he's an John.
1: Incredible writer. He's
0: incredible an incredible writer. writer.
1: He knows yeah. an awful lot about films.
0: He does. Oh god, he does. He's been watching like a film per day in twenty twenty one, right, or something. a
1: thousand films
0: in. No way! Wow, what a guy. So yeah, he loves his films. He's at Mister John Tastic on Twitter, guys. If you want to go check out his uh his film reviews, but yeah, John, thanks for submitting the Tombola, and uh, hope you're healthy and well and having a great new year. But yeah, check check out John's podcast, the the Wrestling Doesn't Make Sense podcast. It's a uh, excellent podcast name because it's true and john's got some awesome selections for you though Dylan. let me tell you can you give me your best number letter combination
1: i'm intrigued i kind of want to hear them all which is for me because at the end of this i will hear them all you will exactly
0: yeah you're going to you know how this works right
1: (laughs) So i'm gonna pick four i'm gonna pick four b four b oh (laughs) i was well, here's the thing. I was about to pick four D, and then I'm like, no, I'm gonna pick 4B. four B.
0: Four four D is good, but I think four B is better actually. So okay. Um, we'll see. Do I know who you could have had? Yes. You could have had Steve Blackman.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Then get Steve Blackman. You could have had huh. Lash Larue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see a, I see a theme. Maybe not everybody <laughs> sees a theme here, but I do. <laughs>
0: You could have had, uh uh-huh. the Iron Sheik.
1: <laughs> yep, Sheiky baby. <laughs> Sheiky baby.
0: But Dylan, who you got? Any guesses?
1: Uh, Al Snow. No. Raven. No. Oh man, Jojo.
0: No. Primo Cologne.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: For those uh, listening who have no fucking idea why this is so funny, I think that's characters you've played in they're, in their all, old they're ed, all right?
1: Characters I've played at some point. Yeah.
0: Um, in <laughs> so, Dylan, you've got Primo Cologne, but you know what? what what's Primo going to be doing? That—that's kind of the—that—that's what we need to figure out now. So, you chose four B. So, I'm going to tell you what you could have had, but you didn't get. You could have got Primo Cologne. Takes a bump on the head and wakes up thinking he's an intergalactic warlord from the planet Zarb who competes as a wrestler to prove why he's the greatest warrior in the galaxy.
1: And that would have been classic.
0: You didn't get that one. That's that's a classic the boiler right there. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Uh, You didn't get that. You could have got Primo Cologne. After all his friends turn on him, he forms a friendship with an inanimate object of Dylan's (laughs) choice which then (laughs) develops into a run at the tag team titles. Mm -hmm. You didn't get that. You could have got Primo Cologne. Is tasked by Vince McMahon to write the theme song for WrestleMania 38, but in typical weird Vince style, it has to be about pumping iron.
1: That's quite good.
0: But tell you what, Dylan, you actually got the best one here, I think. Uh, I I fucking love this. So you got your your 60 seconds improv booking today for KFNBOLA, Dylan. It's going to be... Primo Cologne becomes the WWE's new accountant, tasked with somehow managing the budget so that they don't have to keep firing people before Vince McMahon can fire him.
1: <laughs> okay, so hang on. So re- re- read that again real quick. I'm writing it down. Yeah, sure. Again. So
0: Primo Cologne uh, becomes WWE's new accountant and he is tasked with somehow managing the budget so that they don't have to keep firing people before Vince McMahon can fire him
1: okay i like that
0: so primo cologne basically in charge of everybody's budget at this stage um you know so he has got okay. to answer to it, man
1: primo cologne uh wwe's new accountant yes gonna balance the book so vince doesn't fire people and eventually fire him yes okay
0: that's it so you know you gotta I don't know, you've got to look at those overheads and you got to look at those, um, you know, the the profits and losses and all the rest. So, are you, are you, do you want to go? Are you ready? Are you ready to rock and roll? Yes. Well, i tell it. you what, I've got to fucking... You're going to like this. Yeah, I, I dude, I know I'm going to like it. Uh, so, I've got one minute on the clock here, mate. Um, that's a lie, I don't want to it. I mean, make, make, it, make it five. Let's just fucking yeah. take this episode all the way up to two hours and let's just make it ten. Uh, but, I mean... <laughs> All right, Dylan, you've got 60 seconds-ish to tell us all about how Primo Cologne becomes WWE's new accountant and is tasked with somehow managing the budget so that they don't have to keep firing people before Vince McMahon can fire him. I'm going to count you down, Darwin. Three, two, one, balance those goddamn books.
1: As so, so we all know, Triple H is in a pretty prime position in the WWE, and he looks like certain like he's going to be able to be the one pulling the, sh- the, the shots. Pulling the shots, calling the shots in the WWE until Vince McMahon books him in a match, a ladder match. And in the in the contract thing, in the ladder, in the in the briefcase, in the ladder briefcase, up in the ladder, is the whoever wins gets to be the accountant. And Triple H's like, this is perfect. If I can get that, I can do the accounting for the WWE and therefore I can have as much money for NXT as I want. This is perfect. <laughs> and then Vince is like, ah, but you forgot your opponent is Primo Colon. And Jolie's like, what? My mortal enemy, Primo Cologne? No! I've never beaten this man one-on-one. This is true. I've never That's beaten true. this man one-on-one before. So Primo Cologne comes out, and he's like, yeah, what do you think of this, bitch? And of course, with his stunning ability that we all are familiar with, Primo Cologne, in just one of the most incredible ladder matches you've ever seen, manages to outwit the game. Or what was his name? Um, Hippie Tripsy. Manages to outwit Hippie Tripsy. <laughs> And uh, he gets the, the briefcase, he gets the currency job. So the first job he does, he takes a look at the records and he's like, shit, dude, we are fucked. We were up dick creek. Like, we got to start firing people. Oh, otherwise, WWE is going to be in trouble. Uh, as we've seen recently, so many people got fired. So Primo Cologne thinks, I know exactly what to do. How are we going to save some money? What's the, what's the most logical thing we can do here to save some money? And he looks Triple H dead in the eye when he says, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to eliminate NXT altogether. Fuck you, <laughs> Triple H. And then he gets a contract that says NXT on it. And he rips it up. And he throws it in the bin. And he pisses on the bin. And he sets the bin on fire. And he throws the bin out the window. And then Vince McMahon is like, that's my boy. And he pats Primo Cologne on the top of the head like a good boy. And he feeds him like a cracker. And uh, Triple H <laughs> like, turns around and a little tear comes out of his eye. And then um, the credits roll.
0: <laughs> so it's fucking Primo's fault. It's fucking Primo's fault we lost go. No,
1: no, it isn't. In, in a perfect world, it would be Primo's fault. But in the real world, <laughs> God knows what the <laughs> fuck happened. Yeah. I explained it. I explained it. In real life, we can't explain it. We don't know what the fuck's going on. The Why way, the the w way you explained
0: it. Yeah, yeah it was, the, way, the way you explained it makes more sense, if anything. Right. So, you know, I, I'm happy to follow that logic.
1: Because we know Triple H primo cologne enemies for a long time
0: oh man more enemies. L- than arch nemesis yeah yes but, yeah
1: yes that's why they don't work in the same company anymore
0: they couldn't that's it that's why they've never wrestled because they just they just fucking destroy each Tension other it was too
1: vessels. much man yeah. it was just too much yeah destroyed exactly. the whole company
0: exactly well, yeah when but when you this, were when you were doing that i was googling as well at primo and triple h did wrestle and if not so yeah you're spot on really? yeah
1: And this is the thing. That's why... Now, this is your long-term storyline telling. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Primo Primo got rid of NXT to spite Triple H. That's part of the storyline. Adds the animosity to... Now Triple H really fucking hates... Now we're doing the slow turn to make Triple H the face. Because nobody would have said Triple H is going to be the face in Triple H versus Primo Cologne. But we're we're turning. We're doing like the old Bret... Austin gimmick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but with Primo Triple H. We're, we're in, we're, we're Primo
1: Triple
0: H uh, the double turn.
1: You you rarely see it, but if anybody's gonna be able to pull it off, it's Triple H and Primo Cologne. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So,
0: Legends of our business, but
1: I uh, oh, thank man. you thank you very much, John, for that. That was that you did not disappoint. That was wonderful. That's it,
0: that, that's it. I was so happy when you sent it through, man. There's some yes. great, great um you know, Thank so, you. that could have gone so many ways and all of them would be fucking hilarious. So um, you know, cheers for that, John. Really appreciate it, dude. At Mr. John Tastic on Twitter, folks. And yes. um follow him is yeah. wonderful. Oh, he's great he's a great dude so that was Kayfabe Tombola folks if you want to get your Tombola featured in the final episode of season 5 next week make sure you message us at Making Kfabe on twitter and instagram or email us makingkayfabe at gmail.com all we need are 4 wrestlers 4 scenarios and then you can get your Tombola featured on the final episode of season 5 Alright folks, that was today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the rebooking of the Undertaker vs. Sting match at WrestleMania 31. This is the penultimate episode of Season 5. There's one more to go. We've got Dylan coming back next week with a rebooking, but before we find out what that is, make sure you follow us at MakingKFabe on Twitter at makingkfabe on Instagram, YouTube, patreon.com forward slash makingkfabe. We're all about that. We're all everywhere, basically. Everywhere. World Wide Web. We're covering it, baby. Um, and, <laughs> World, uh,
1: Wide World Wide
0: Web, web God damn it. What
1: we're we there. What do need to
0: say? Exactly. This is just www, makingkfabe. Exactly. So, yes. but, yeah, uh, we're everywhere on the web, folks. And like I say, if you want to submit your tombola, get in there quick, because a lot of people are going to be submitting their tombolas. So DM us, email us. As on final Patreon. One, final do. one of the season. It's
1: you want to make sure one. that yours is the final one chosen. The final one listened to on season five. You want to make sure you're yours. So we're going to have so many people are going to be sending them in to try and get that coveted spot. And of course, if you send your timbulas in now, if you don't pick it for a season, the last one, season five, we will roll them over <laughs> till season six. Yeah. So that's a little incentive as well. There's more coming, let me tell you. You think well, season you five is they... good?
0: I tell you what the main incentive is. The main incentive is that you're going to get your pay- your K5 featured on the same episode as Stevie Richards versus the Macho Man. Oh yeah! Oh yes! Oh Macho yeah. Man. But in all seriousness, uh, D- Dylan's Stevie back next week. <laughs> yes. Dylan's back next week with the closing episode of season five. Dylan, just in case you decide not to do Stevie Richards versus Macho Man. What are your yeah. clues for lovely people next week?
1: So my backup.
0: Your backup, yeah. Let's, let's call if, it your backup, yeah. <laughs>
1: if I find if I find that there is any issue whatsoever with rebooking Macho Man versus Stevie Richards in 2022, if there's any issue with that that I could find, and I don't anything think that it, stands
0: out, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think so because it's a classic, you know. i I think Stevie Richards retired, but I can get him back with this. Man. I mean, Macho is definitely retired. But Macho I can get him man, back with yeah, this, yeah, exactly. Man. Oh, he's gonna want to fight a guy like Stevie Richards. The way we've been begging him up, he's gonna be dying for it, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> but if that match doesn't uh, work out, then I do have a backup, and I don't want to give too much away about the backup. But it's gonna be another one of those uh, highly requested fan kind of ma- you know matches that fans talk about, kind of like this one. Mm. Maybe not quite as high intensity. But it's one that people definitely have been talking about. It's quite recent, and it involves a stable, of course, mm. because you know me—I love ending the season with a stable. So it's a, it's a very well talked about stable. Mm. That uh,
0: yeah.
1: I, I think the word uh,
0: the the word stable is quite interesting as well.
1: That's correct, Bryce. Think about that. I don't I don't want to I don't want to say too much, but. It's, it's going to be a stable, it's going to be one that people have been talking about for a long time. It's a stable where I think most of the, the people involved are still wrestling today.
0: In WWE? Yes. That's incredible.
1: Not all of them, I believe. So it's, uh, trust me, whenever you figure it out, you're going to be like, yes, I want to see this. Mm. I'm intrigued.
0: Very, right. very I, I, I know what it is I'm very much looking forward to it It's going to be a hell of a closer to season 5 Just that classic Dylan Ending the season with a stable You know, that, That's got to be a running theme That's 5 seasons in a row now So it's going um, to be the notice.
1: BWO versus the Macho Friends
0: Oh yes, absolutely The, yeah. macho, <laughs> the macho Men uh, but, No, it's yeah. the Macho Friends The Macho Friends Okay, sorry, bloody hell Thank you, um, okay. <laughs> But no, looking forward to that, dude. Um, It's the one that's going to close off Season 5. It's going to be a fucking banger, absolutely. But, folks, as always, thanks for listening to our show. We appreciate you. We love you. We respect you way more than Sting respects The Undertaker. We'll see you next week for the final episode of Season 5. Take care, everybody.
1: Goodbye.